Hello and welcome to another episode of the Quest for New Inspiration. My name is KT Mashler. If you are tuning in again, I am so excited you are back again. Thank you so much. It truly does mean the world to me. To make sure you don't miss an episode in the future, make sure you hit that subscribe button and you will get a notification every time a new episode is live. On this week's episode, I am joined by Dion Sanchez, who is the host of the Words of Heart podcast. We discuss how to be a warrior no matter your circumstance and the importance of understanding your true self. I hope she inspires you as much as she inspires me. Here is a content warning. There is brief discussion of suicidal urges and suicide. Please feel free to skip forward 15 or 30 seconds as needed. I will break into the conversation just to make sure that you guys are able to skip forward if need to do so. Well, hello. My name is Dion Sanchez. I'm the host of the Words of Heart podcast which is about in-depth conversations of inspiration with an emphasis on mental health. And one of the key formulas to what I advocate is mental health. Um, Through my own personal journey and through the journeys of my guests' stories that appear on my podcast. And as far as my story in regards to mental health, um, it really started when I was born or, yeah, pretty much when I was born. And that is for the first two years of my life, I couldn't hear her talk. Um, so as, as a result of that, hey, I'm talking, so I did last. <laughs> but as a result of that, that just caused a mont not a montage, a myriad of issues, a gamut of issues that I had no control over. And as a result, my cognitive and mental and just developing in general was slow um, compared to people who would learn and articulate and mature at a specific rate at that age. It was different for me. Like people learn how to tie their shoes at five. I learned at seven. Like that's just how my brain was wired. And um, that began to take a toll pretty quickly because um, I was put in a specialized classroom with other kids who had disabilities and or issues. And it would be like playtime or block time or however that would be categorized. And the kids would be playing with their blocks together in a group. And I would be by myself playing by myself. So that dynamic began to be implemented or incorporated into my brain and became an ongoing issue throughout my childhood and adolescence. Really up until I went into high schools when... I finally got out of that mentality. But the issue at hand is I didn't have any socialization. I lacked it. I tried to get acceptance from my peers and it seemed impossible. And as a result of that, I began to really have insecurities and just, I didn't ask to be different. I mean, everyone gets picked on for a variety of things, glasses, um, boogers in your nose or something. Um, probably really minimal or simplistic, which they have no reason to be making fun of. But for me, I took being different a lot harder because I knew already that I was different than everybody else because of how I was born. And I just, I just wanted to be accepted. I wanted that friendship, those fellowships. I mean, those normal interactions that is like supposed to 
be a part of you evolving and developing into your own and your personality. And I just didn't have that. And I mean, I would cry myself to sleep probably every night. Um, I didn't discuss my mental health issues with anyone in my family. I had a good dad and mom, dad, sisters. Um, so my childhood wasn't horrible, but it just, without that key component of friendship, it was just hard for me to handle that. So it was, it was an ongoing issue. Probably the only person I really confided in is God. I am a Christian. So that is part of my, what I believe in. And it's really important to me. Um, so that became an ongoing issue throughout the whole course of my life up until I got into high school. I'll give you a more modern example. I did end up going into a regular classroom, um, with regular kids my own age. Like, oh, this girl is smart. Let's get her out of this classroom. So I was put into a regular classroom with regular kids, yet that same dynamic kept occurring. Nobody wanted to be my friend. I would probably say hi. Here is your trigger warning. Please skip ahead to minute 642. He would even acknowledge me even with a simple hi or wave. I would participate in class. I would raise my hand to answer a question. I would get it wrong and everybody would start laughing. If someone else answered it wrong, nobody would laugh. So I that was just, it was saddening and disheartening as a kid. Like, what's wrong with me? And that mentality began to get even more deeper and perhaps possibly life altering, if you will, because I did consider, and I hope this is okay for me to mention on your podcast, um, I did consider suicide. Um, as a result of me having no socialization, basically rejected from my peers. For, and it's not like for something I had any control over, just, just being me. Just, I was rejected for being me. And that was just, it was saddening. Like, what's the point of me being here if I have no friends, no community, no anything? So, um, that became a real serious issue. And to give you another modern example as to how that dynamic continued, this experience occurred in my church. And again, no disrespect to any church or demographic or congregation. Of course, um, my faith is important to me. Um, but this was just so happened to be the experience I encountered at the time. And so there were these small groups with a bunch of kids my age. It could be a girl or a boy. And the leader would facilitate the group. It would usually start with the person or kid sharing something vulnerable or what's going on with them. And then the small group leader would pertain some type of spiritual advice or principle or questions pertaining to that particular scenario you may have just shared and figuring out ways to help you with that. So for me, I decided to try to, you know, be vulnerable and participate. And this was really common, unfortunately, for me. I don't know why, but um, without fail, a girl would interrupt me as I was beginning to speak, probably was barely speaking for five seconds, and then they would interrupt me. And that leader, instead of telling that girl that interrupted to, oh, wait, you'll have a chance to speak. Her and the girl that interrupted me would start a completely separate conversation and just cut me off, basically. So I'm like, wow, this is just never going to end. I'm just, I'm I'm invisible. I'm see-through. I'm glass. Like, there's nobody cares. And 
it was just heartbreaking because I just wanted to be accepted. I just wanted that. And it seemed I was in middle school. This has been going on throughout my whole childhood. And it just seemed like it was never going to end. And I tried everything in my power for it to turn around. Um, I started volunteering at the church. Like, okay, if I'm around, if they see my face, then they have to acknowledge me. They have to know I'm not a freak or something that I'm just as good as everybody else, that I'm, I'm, I'm awesome. They have to, you know, like me or get to like me in some sense. So I just continued to try. And it wasn't until I went to a youth camp um, with some of the older kids, because and I was getting ready to get into high school at this point, eighth grade summer, getting ready to go into high school. Um, the older kids were like, oh, you should go to this camp. You should go to this camp. I was really resistant on going to the camp because for those camps, which are really awesome, you get closer to God. Um, That's usually how it works. You are cut off from technology. You don't have your cell phones. The adults collect the cell phones or any technology. And you're basically, in a way, forced to communicate with everybody. You like in fellowship community, you have no choice but to talk to people because like that's the whole point and to be in unity and fellowship and worship together and be closer to God. Um, so as, as awesome as that is, and it is really a great experience when I would come home from the experience, everything would be the same. So I'm like, yay, I'm at camp. They have to talk to me. I have friends. And then I would come home and it'd be like, nothing has changed. So I'm pretty older at this point, well versed in the camp experience and how it works. So I'm like, why would I want to put myself through that again? Like, nothing's changed. At this point, the guy is my only friend, which I'm perfectly okay with. But it was really hard because you want that socialization. It's part of you evolving. And I just didn't have that. So they're like, no, 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 you should go. You should go. So I went. Um, really hesitant about going because I just, I didn't see it changing. Hey, I'll be closer to God, but I didn't see the outcome or the aftermath of the experience to be any different but I was very wrong in that respect um one of the final nights the topic was the Holy Spirit which is a really biblical topic and it's very much discussed in the Bible I can only go off of my own interpretation and um analogy in regards to how that pertained to me at that precise moment and I just felt it overwhelming surge of emotions of love and grace and just felt like at peace and just I do have a reason for being here and I was crying I fell on my knees that's a really common thing to do when it comes to experiencing any love or grace from God in that precise moment just feeling his overwhelming presence you fall and cry on your knees which I did so and people were praying over for me and hugging me I'm like oh Dan we love you you are important <laughs> like it was that moment pretty much changed the trajectory of my life I would say because I mean it was at a point where I was really considering just ending my life like if I'm not gonna have any friends if I'm just destined to be alone then what's the point of me being here so um after that everything pretty much changed I had friends I had fellowship I basically my Prior since I was a little, little kid, probably <laughs> barely could form any words at that point to finally have that prayer answered was a really huge moment in my life. And I began to see more value in myself at that moment. I 
went on to high school. I got involved in clubs. Um, ended up graduating high school with a 3.0 GPA. Um, I know in life people have a tendency to put labels on you and put you in a box, which is messed up. And no one should label you or categorize you because you're perfectly fine just the way you are. It took me a while going into high school to understand my own worth and value. Even the doctors told my family when I was born, she'll never amount to anything. And of course, my family um, like, no, you're crazy. I mean, it wasn't easy for them either because I had many issues. Yeah, I can talk, but I had ADHD and asthma at one point, And I was just a tornado that wouldn't stop moving pretty much is the best um, interpretation as far as someone who has ADHD when they're younger. I mean, I still have it, obviously, but <laughs> I'm an adult, so I sort of know when to calm down at this point. But for a doctor to tell you, your child, that I'm never amount to anything, is pretty harsh. I'm sure they may have used a different terminology. I mean, I was a baby, I was a kid, so I really don't know what the term was, um, but I proved them wrong. And aside from getting that socialization, which I finally grasped, I still had to continue proving myself to pretty much everybody. So I had to gain acceptance from my peers, which I got. And I also had to prove that I was intelligent enough and had the capacity to be intelligent just as as everybody else. So my whole span of my life has been really trying to prove people wrong in the work twice as hard or five times as hard as anybody else. And that really paid off when I graduated high school with a 3.0 GPA and probably got two scholarships. So my whole life has been nothing but <laughs> easy. And as someone who struggled with finding themselves or finding who they are growing up, I can understand what people at that age are going through a lot more than they probably realize because I mean trying to come into your own is hard um for me I took it a lot harder but the same principles and insecurities apply and I don't want anyone to feel the way I felt and I think that's the joys about podcasts such as yours and mine is we want to be an advocate for those who may feel lost or vulnerable or alone and I don't want them to feel alone because there are people who care about you and that you do have a purpose in this world. So that was awesome. Well, from what I can tell, you are definitely proving all those people wrong. And that was an incredible story. Is there a certain way that you kind of incorporate all of that growth and experience into your podcast? Like, Sure. How do I incorporate that? I've never had that asked for me before. Um, well, I can at least say the first season, I was just winging it, to be honest. And <laughs> I was really just winging it. I didn't really have any knowledge in podcasting, per se. Um, as far as being vocal in any capacity, I did spoken word videos that year and started uploading them to YouTube um, because I am a poet. So I started getting out of my bubble as far as sharing that particular gift and being vulnerable and transparent and just bearing it all to the world. Because I feel words and poetry have the power to help people and resonate with people in a way. So 
that particular idea initiated me launching my podcast. But yeah, the first season, I just share any topic I can think of as far as experiences that have occurred to me. And then um, into the second season, I started incorporating guests. I think the whole overall mission or what led me to start my podcast was basically being a warrior for change and being more vocal and using the power of my voice for good. And that initial idea occurred through my diagnosis, which would be diabetes, which I diagnosed with at the start of the pandemic, which would be two years, meaning we've been two years into this pandemic, unfortunately, moment. That diagnosis was a big blessing, more of a blessing than you probably can even realize because I could have died. Um, before I got diagnosed, um, it was probably the most depressing, saddening, heartbreaking, probably the worst memory to this day that I could recall because I was suffering and my mental health was truly, truly shaken. And I, you, nothing you would say to me would uplift my spirit. I'm used to uplifting people's spirits and being optimistic. I was not optimistic. I was just. I was gone. I was ghost. I was skeleton, literally a skeleton. Like there are photos that I still have that it's still a bit hard to look at or even see because I had no idea I was even sick at that time. So um, it was really through my diagnosis that I felt my purpose. Well, first I could continue to live my purpose because I could have died. I felt called to be more vocal, like there has to be more in my life that I can do now that I have another chance to live my life. And I felt um, called to do more. And I wasn't quite sure how to do that. Um, it wasn't until I started speaking to this young adult ministry here in Florida through Zoom because the pandemic eventually shut things down here in Florida. Um, and that when things did shut down, it was slightly harder for me because before and it, it got shut down in March, at least over here. Before, when I got the news, which again was um, a blessing, but it was a lot for me to process. So I took the news pretty alone. I didn't really go out. I felt like if I go out, my blood sugar would get high. So I didn't go out. I basically social distanced before that was even a thing. And um, I just stayed at home for a good two months, didn't go out. March came. I finally am accustomed to this news and ready to be myself again, go out and be social. To go from being social, and this was the like the first week of March, and then the next week, everything shut down. And to go from isolating to adjust to this news to now having no choice but to isolate was just, it was, a, it was a whammy. I don't have for sure that's a word. It wasn't something I wanted because I'm not used to any isolation or being alone. I mean, I don't want to go back to that mentality. I mean, I went through it because it seemed like a right thing to do because this being diabetic was new to me. I need to figure this out on my own. So I figured it out. I was I was done figuring it out. I wanted to be with people, be with my friends. Hey, I'm me again. I got beat on my bones again. Let's go out. But to go from that to instantly being shut down was it was it was messed up because though I've adjusted to this news, I still needed that community and support for just any reason at all. 
And luckily through Zoom, um, that provided that um, community that I needed. And I wouldn't have to resort to old patterns as I would have as a kid. So they were telling me that, hey, Dan, what you say matters. Your voice is inspiring. And they hadn't even met me in a physical capacity. So I'm just blown away at the fact that how can I be inspiring through a computer screen? Like, how is that even possible? And it was through that. And actually, they launched a podcast as well. Um, I never heard of a podcast before until they launched theirs. And I took the heart to what they said. And then that summer, I asked God, use me however you want to use me. And from that point forward, um, that August, which would be a year ago, is when I launched my podcast, Words of Heart. And as I think about it, um, because it has been a year, initially my vision or the initial idea was to share my stories and be that support system for someone through my story. And that vision, though it maintains to be this, it, that story, it still remains the same and that same vision is intact. It's not just my story. I want to amplify other people's stories who the world may have silenced them or judged them or just rejected them. All experiences and emotions I'm very well equipped to. And I just want my podcast to be an open form of acceptance and comfort. Like the world may judge you, the world may silence you, but I'm not going to silence or judge you. So, and I completely forgot the whole purpose of your question now, but, um, no, you're good. You answered it. <clears throat> it was how you took, you know, your path in life and combined it with your podcast. So you answered it. You've answered all my questions. You just didn't, <laughs> I just skipped over it. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's become, it's the same vision applies as it did when I initially started. And that's sharing people's stories who they believe can help others, which I'm really fortunate for the guests that have appeared on my podcast thus far, who share the same vision as I do. And that's uplifting people's spirits and knowing that their story has the power to help someone. And quite possibly when you think about it in real um, depth and deep, <laughs> that's not, well, yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm right with the words. Yeah. When you think deep, go in depth and deeply into the mindscape of the human spirit it's quite possible this one episode alone could save somebody's life so no oh, i love it and i love that you have dedicated your life now or your podcast to mental health that is a big passion of mine of mine as well and i love that our podcasts are so similar it just it literally just makes my heart like happy um, just more inspiration for everybody to listen to. I love it. Yes, I love that we share the same vision and you're just such a bubbling light, which makes it so easy for me to tag you on Twitter all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I even have a shirt that says bubbly but blunt because sometimes like <laughs> uh, I get a little bit of an RBF, like I have to admit it, or it's kind of a big RBF, like I look a little pissed off sometimes but when you're talking to me I'm all like bubbly and fun and so it makes sense <laughs> okay any last piece of advice you have to share with me today 
share to all your listeners and this to me this relates to them it just as much as it did me and that is that you are a warrior in spite of your circumstances point blank period i've undergone a lot a lot in my lifetime and i mean couldn't hear a talk for the first years of my life my life wasn't easy then I go into adulthood. It seems like things are finally at peace. And then, bam, I get sick, could die. Seemed like my life wasn't working out anymore at that point. And then I got diagnosed with diabetes. And, I mean, life isn't easy. I don't think it's meant to be easy, unfortunately. But you can handle it. Like, you could face it and conquer it. I couldn't hear a talk for the first years of my life. And I am formulating and advocating on a platform which is pretty known for speaking pretty much so i could have easily given up i could easily not be here right now but i am still here as are you you do have a reason for being here so you are a warrior in spite of your circumstances which means there's nothing you can't do or handle preach it All right. If anybody wants to listen to your podcast, learn more about you or connect, where can they go? Sure. Um, If you want to get in touch with me or listen to my podcast, it is called Words of Heart. You can find us on Facebook called Words of Heart Podcast. That is the Facebook page. You can also find us on YouTube under the same name. And wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, and Google. Um, You can listen to any of the episodes. I also do video interviews if you need a different dynamic for that. And if you need to get in touch with me on a personal level for any reason, I never sleep. <laughs> Although rest is important. I'm just a weird person that way. Um, You can get in touch with me on Instagram at heartwarrior 25 and on Twitter at heartwarrior 24 So that's where you can listen to my podcast. There is one other piece of news. <laughs> I've been excited about all week that I do want to share. Um, my podcast um, and myself has been recently featured in a magazine called Women Who Podcast, which highlights and spotlights female podcasters and where they were and how they started and all that good stuff. So if you did want to check out that magazine featuring myself and my podcast, feel free to do so. But aside from that, if you just want to listen to my podcast, then please do so. I'm sure there's an episode that will resonate and relate to you in some way. So. Yes, there for sure is. I will make sure that all of those are listed in the show notes below. So be sure to check that out and check out our podcast. It's amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today. That was very inspiring. Of course. And much love to all of your listeners. You are a warrior. Own it. And that is it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. It truly does mean the world to me. If you want to show your support for the quest for new inspiration, make sure you check out our merch store and get that bubbly but blunt sweatshirt. If you are interested in the new spring colors for the bubbly but blunt sweatshirt and t-shirts, DM me on Instagram at the quest for new inspiration and I will get a pre-order started for you. Otherwise, to show your support for the quest for new inspiration, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the quest for new inspiration and on Twitter at new inspiration pod. 
and make sure to leave a five-star review or share it with a friend. It truly does make a world of difference for my little podcast.